Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Paging Dr. Douchebag, Crash Gladys, Getting Crash Position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming up, Freaks. You know, I never thought we would have so many firsts right? in so early of the season for your NASCAR Cup Series, but damn it, we got them. How you guys doing tonight, man? Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Stat, man, we're all here, and so are you. 20 years of doing Speed Freaks. That's 20-plus years of doing Speed Freaks. Coming up in about four or five months, we're going to be legal age of 21. Is that right, Crasher? Yeah, but hold on. I have to go off of our seven-year-old's logic. We're not 20 years old, Kenny. Right. We're 20 and a half. Ah. Those half years matter for kids. So we are 20 and a half years old. I don't step, man. I started, I stopped counting halves in my 20s. And I, I'm i lucky to be counting. In your ye- 20s? Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. You counted them up until then? Yeah, I'm lucky <laughs> to be counting years, stat man. Yeah, I, I gave up halves in like the sixth grade. You know? Right. I mean, that, that was the. Uh, you know, when when you get old enough to be old, you don't you no longer need halves. So, yeah, I, that's not that's no longer an issue with me. I just know that at 21, you'll be able to walk up to a bar and you don't need a fake ID to get uh, a beer. You know, black mamba beer or uh, uh, Modelo Negro. You gotta you know you gotta step up to the bar and uh, ask straight up. Okay. No, no. Hold what? on a second. Am I completely out of the loop? Don't answer that. But okay. My question is, does is, does Kobe's family or did Kobe have a his own beer, a black mamba beer? Did I? Where was I? I had no idea. No, it's a it's a real beer made in uh, West Africa, and it was. I don't know if it still is. Uh, I the the label is still online, but I don't know if it's the same company. Uh, yeah, I saw it at Claim Jumper of all places. It was in the beer case, and I, I got to have some of that, and it was delicious. Ooh. But I, you know, you don't find it everywhere. Okay, so it's not related to the Bryant family, but okay, just I was curious there. Statman Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Thank you guys for hanging out. We're there for you on Twitter, Facebook, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Coming up this hour, your Daytona 500. Winner, Michael McDowell, will be joining us in about 10 minutes here in the Peak Nation. Also, going to go a little Supercross with a couple of Supercross superstars here in the Peak Nation. And Kyle Koretsky, NHRA Pro Stock pilot for his second year in the NHRA Pro Stock class, flying those Lucas Oil colors. He's going to be joining us here in the Peak Nation. But getting back to what happened today on the road course uh, in Daytona, Christopher Bell passes Joey Logano for the lead in the front stretch chicane. Uh, coming to the white flag, went on to win this Sunday's or this this afternoon's race. Incredible. But if you look at what happened, you've got Michael McDowell last week, a first-time Cup Series winner, the first driver ever to win the Daytona 500 from Phoenix, Arizona. You have the first Oklahoman to win a Cup race this afternoon in Christopher Bell. 
and it's the first time in 6,000 years that first-time winners have won back-to-back races in the NASCAR Cup Series. You follow me? Oh, wow. McDowell and Bell being each being their first win in the series weekend yeah. to weekend. Wow, well, I didn't know that uh, th- one. This is, this is only the third time in series history that the first two races were won by first-time winners, and that happened in 1949 and 1950. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I have, in my news and notes coming up in about five minutes, I have more firsts. Well, they're not really firsts, but there are some pretty interesting stats that mm-hmm. kind of go along with these first wins. So, wow, I, you, you won up to me on that one. You beat me to the punch on those. Statman, you saw the majority of the race this afternoon. Uh, we saw the tail end of the race. We're seeing all the highlights with Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott with uh, just dominating there, at least for the first half of the race. Joey Logano thinking he might grab himself his first win for 2021, kind of like the Daytona 500. Oops! And then Christopher Bell, of all drivers, Statman, from Oklahoma, he gets himself his first cup win on a road course. You know, the the thing that kept pounding me in the head is something that we've talked about for almost all of our 20 years, and that's new names that are starting to emerge in uh, NASCAR. It's not the same Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, uh, Keselowski, uh, the, the, uh, Martin Truex. It's not the same guy, Joey Logano. Right. Now you get Christopher Bell is, uh, creeping in there. Uh, Michael McDowell is not a new name, but he's a new winner. You got new faces that are appearing in Victory Lane at Love the it. top of the yep. victory stand, and that's fantastic. Going to resume with some affiliates and be right back with Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes, Freak Nation. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Oh, yeah. Bringing in another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. How you doing? 20 years of Speed Freaks. Coming up in about seven minutes, your Daytona 500 winner, Michael McDowell, will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. This segment brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. You got a big, fat family SUV. What about an F-250, a Dodge Ram or a Ram or a Silverado? Those red-letter General Tires will look pretty spiffy on that bad boy, right? For more information on the official tire speed freaks, go to generaltire.com. That's generaltire.com. Crasher, go right ahead. All right, so Ben Rhodes takes back-to-back wins at Daytona in the truck series, quite impressively. And then Ty Gibbs says, hey, get to know me, okay? As he wins in the Xfinity series on the Daytona road course in his series debut. But on Sunday, Christopher Bell, he doesn't want to be one-upped by those youngins, so he decides to make his first cup win on that same road course, too. It was an incredible weekend. For Christopher Bell, winning his first cup race on a road course, he became just the 15th driver to do so. And for Gibbs, with his debut win, Gibbs became only the sixth driver to win in his first series start, which matches a feat most recently achieved by cup champ Kurt Busch 15 years ago. All right, the Supercross Series wrapped up their time in Orlando with Cooper Webb on the top spot in the 450 class and Justin Cooper winning in the 250s, uh, the Western 250s in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, nothing makes sense in a COVID world. But back to the 450s. Remember the last time Cooper Webb won back-to-back races was in 2019, and that was the season where he captured his first title. Just saying. 
Thomas Merrill captured the TA2 pole, but then started from the back of the field, and he was on a mission. Merrill took the lead on the last turn of the last lap and went on to grab the checkered flag for the Trans Am TA2 season opener at Sebring International Raceway. Now, you may remember, or maybe not, we didn't talk much about Trans Am last year because the series took a break in their schedule to develop a plan to safely return to competition, which they did late in 2020, but it developed some serious momentum, and Sebring showed it. Sebring proved it. Also this week, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway ran their typical 100 Days to Indy celebration, and this year, it was Takuma Sato debuting his second face on the board, Warner. Yep, we are now less than 100 days to the 105th running of the Indy 500. Crash Gladys, Pit News and Notes brought to you by good friends at General Tire. Coming up next, Michael McDowell, first-time NASCAR Cup winner for your Daytona 500 last weekend. He's next. Speed Freaks Pit to the Lucas Hole Studios. Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Freak Nation, for over 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your everywhere. From the aggressive Mud Terrain Grabber X3 to the all-terrain performance of the Grabber ATX, even to the strong and durable all-purpose terrain Grabber APX, General Tire balances excellent on-road performance with off-road capabilities designed for all weather conditions. Remember, with General Tire, anywhere is possible. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for a good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel will do the work of a team of mechanics. The powerful combination of oils and additives in Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system while increasing power and fuel economy because it's burning excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak and keep the army of mechanics away a little longer. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Ah, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop that is, scoop that is, scoop that is, scoop that is, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. MAV-TV, your destination for all things motorsports. TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. MAV-TV televises off-road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and World Rally Championships, to name a few. MAV-TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows, such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. MAV-TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. Visit MAVTV.com for more racing information and to demand... Your Mav TV. <laughs> your soap is. Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. Titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked.
You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Back to Speed Freaks on a Sunday night, the Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation. How you doing, man? Follow us on Twitter. You follow us on Facebook, the website, speedfreaks.tv. You missed it at the show. That's where you go to our website, speedfreaks.tv or Apple, iTunes. I don't care where you go. Uh, the freaks are there. This guy, Michael McDowell, uh, he's been everywhere over the last uh, 72, what, however, three or four days. Uh, you're a Daytona 500 winner joining us here in the Freak Nation. And did, did you get any help from former Daytona 500 winners, Michael McDowell, about how crazy it would be for you for the next three or four days, or at least a week after you went into the Daytona 500? Um, you know, no, I didn't. But I got a couple <laughs> texts for, from a few of them yesterday that were, um, I think, enjoying asking me if I was uh, wore out yet. Um, I mean, it's awesome. I and mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's, uh, it's you know, just a, such a cool experience um, just to take it all in. But I'm not gonna lie; it's been busy, <laughs> and it's um, yeah, it's been really cool. Michael McDowell, your 2021 Daytona 500 winner, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Kind of walk me through your your day, maybe a day after you won the race, from beginning to end. Have you had your your ear to a phone, your face in a camera, 24 seven? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say pretty close to that. Um, you know, there's been a few times, you know, some little breaks here and there, and. And, but yeah, it, it's been jam packed and it's been, um, you know, we, we went from, you know, the media, um, sort of tour in Daytona and all the victory lane stuff and then some, you know, national TV, uh, from Daytona. And then we hopped on the plane, came to Charlotte. Um, and I had a little bit of time with my family, um, that evening, which was nice. And, uh, then the next day it just really ramped up. You know, we basically went from, from six to six just nonstop every five, 10, 15 minutes, um, doing interviews. And, and today was kind of a mix of that. Um, we did some, some photos and some, you know, some video shoots with you know, Fox and a few others. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's not like it's winding down, but yesterday was, was definitely, uh, all hands on deck. So when does life get back to normal for a Daytona 500 winner or does it ever? And do you care? Um, I don't care. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just enjoying the moment. Yeah. I mean, you guys know, I mean, we've been, we've been friends for a long time. It's been a long road, right. And it's been tough. So I'm just taking it all in and enjoying it. And, and I'm in no rush for sure. It's just, it was awesome watching you in the race and you were there pretty much the entire second half of the race throughout the race, just like last year, just like other years prior. So it's just awesome to see it finally pay off because Daytona and Talladega, sometimes it comes down to location, just like real estate, location, 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 and bam, it paid off for you. It was just amazing to see. I can only imagine what's going through your head even a week later. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. And um, you know, I, we worked really hard in the race to get into that position. And I, and I felt like I needed to be in that top three coming to the white and, and felt like I was in the right spot. And, you know, you just never know. Like you said, it's not the first time that we've been in the top five, you know, coming to the white flag, but, um, everything has to go just your way. But I felt like we were in a really good spot and had good momentum and, you know, um, 
it could go either way on any of these races, but you know, it was our day and uh, we're super thankful for it. Michael McDowell, don't remember who made the move to start the chain reaction, but once it all started, you were there in the right place and it just proves you can't get started too early. You have to wait almost until after the white flag falls, maybe the last turn. So much happens between the last turn and the finish line. Yeah, it just really depends on where you're sitting. And and for me, that's why it was so important to get into that top three um, before we got to the white. Because, you know, if you're sixth or seventh, you know, you do have to make a move with two or three to go because mm. you're not going to win the race from sixth or seventh. So it, you have to put yourself in that position if you're trying to win the race, you know. And, and I think that, um, that that's the biggest thing is that, you, you know, I think Denny Hamlin said it after the race, you know, in his spot, he wasn't going to win the race because he was running that he was sixth or seventh coming to the white flag. And, um, and so that's how I felt. I felt like I needed to be in those top three and, and we worked really hard to get there. Uh, and then when that white flag came out, I felt like I was at least in position to have a shot at it. And, and it all worked out. And as far as when to make the move, my plan was to stay with the two car. Uh, until we got, you know, to turn three. And I knew that he wasn't going to ride behind Joey. I mean, uh, Brad wants to win that race, you know, bad. And we all know that. And Joey is great at uh, super speedway racing and protecting um, and, and making those moves. And, and so I knew that there was potential that when Brad made the move that Joey would defend and that would create an opportunity for me. I, I didn't think they would both crash, um, but I was just planning on letting them kind of play that out and, and taking advantage of that opportunity. Oh my gosh, I'm just sitting here listening to you. I just got this massive smile across my face yet again, exactly in that moment of when that all happened. And we're like, oh my God, McDowell's going to do it. I mean, the entire state of Arizona exploded for you. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you're just overwhelmed with, you know, emotion and, and just the excitement. And, you know, there's so many people that you know, help me get to where I'm at and, you know, for your friends and your family and your fans and, um, you know, it's, it's been a long journey. So it was just, yeah, it's super gratifying. And, and, you know, like I said, we're not gonna, we're not gonna forget it. That's for sure. Michael McDowell, you were there at the end with the million dollar programs, the million dollar sponsors. You don't have as many resources as those teams do, but you were able to put yourself right in the middle of the mix, ready to win the Daytona 500. How'd you do that? Well, I think that there's there's a few factors. The super speedways are, you know, definitely opportunity races because they, they level the playing field a little bit. I mean, we still see the fastest teams and fastest cars up there. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, so, you know, part of it is the fact that, you know, as a, a medium-sized team, you know, that particular package does level the playing field a little bit. But the other side of it is, is that we know that going to Daytona and Talladega is our best shot. And so we put extra emphasis on those races because we know that this is our opportunity. So we build, you know, race cars um, and we build the nicest, fastest race cars we can. And, and I feel like we actually have a really good super speedway program and our cars are, you know, top 10 cars going there. And that's what you need to put yourself in position. And so, so I, I do feel like there's a few factors there. And then, you know, for me, it's the experience of, being in that top five a few times now coming to the white mm. flag and not making the right moves, you know, pulling out too soon or, or not going in the right lane or not going with the right car and not, you know, dragging back to get the right push. And so, 
I've, I've screwed it up enough over the last three or four years that I've learned from those and, and I've gained that experience and, and I felt really confident with what I needed to do and how I needed to do it. And, um, you know, it all just worked out. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's crazy and it's awesome. Well, take that into consideration now with, of course, the, the Daytona road course this weekend and then the other future road courses, we know your history of, of running all kinds, all forms of race cars. Road to Indy champion right here as well. Let's not forget that. How can you apply what you just said, or can you, given the disparity in costs when it comes to the super-funded teams with these road courses? Because we know your experience on road course at one time was second to none with a lot of these cup guys. Yeah, I think that um, I do feel like we'll run well, you know, this weekend coming up at the Daytona Roval. Um, I, the gap is bigger, though. I mean, it just is. I mean, it's it's to the point where, you know, I can make a, a difference for sure, and my experience can make a difference, but um, it's still really challenging to run in the top ten, even at these road courses. All the guys are so good at it now with simulation and, and all the tools that they have to practice, and you know, these are world-class drivers, as, as you guys know. And, and now everybody in the Cup Series puts an emphasis on, on road racing. And, and so it's just not as easy as it used to be where you, you could jump in and, and maybe you didn't have, like, the, the most, you know, top-notch equipment, but you could still run pretty good. It's definitely harder at the road courses. But, you know, I feel like Front Road Motorsports and, and, and our whole program, we've made such big gains over the last, you know, three years, not – everywhere super speedways road courses everywhere so uh i mean going there i think that we will be able to run in the top 10 and maybe even the top five and um just like daytona if you do that you're going to put yourself in position um you know chase elliott's been you know the class of the field of the road courses and and had a ton of speed and um you know so things are going to have to you know go perfect for us to to contend um, but I do feel like we can run top five, top 10 and, and have an opportunity to, you know, put ourselves in the conversation again. How do you expect Jamie and your kids to address you now? Hey, it's not, Hey dad, or Hey honey, it's Hey Daytona 500 winner. Yeah. Um, you guys know that as soon as I got home, it was all back to reality, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, having four kids and, you know, life is crazy and, you know, you got schoolwork and chores and and fights and yeah i mean it's just awesome it's just the way it should be so um yeah for me you know i was right back to reality very quickly and um and i'm thankful for that i mean you guys know i'm not mm-hmm. a big deal i'm just a, a squirrel that you know happens to uh to get to do something really cool and <laughs> now i just happen to win the biggest race in the world so it's it's pretty crazy but um, just trying to stay grounded and, and enjoy the journey. Oh, wow. Well, buddy, you know we're so proud of you, right? Yeah, I know it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it's so awesome. Cool. Michael McDowell, 2021 Daytona 500 winner, joining us here in the Freak Nation, a longtime Freak Nation member joining us. Michael, thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Flat out awesome. Again, Michael McDowell here in the Freak Nation. Coming up next, curious how Statman and Crasher feel about this. Ty Gibbs goes out and wins his first Xfinity Series race on a road course. Christopher Bell, against Cup Series drivers who have plenty of experience on road courses, goes out and wins his first Cup race on a road course. Which is bigger, Ty Gibbs or Christopher Bell? That's next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. It's the Statman. Let's get it. Oh, no. 
the older I get, the greener I get. That's why I'm completely enthused by the news that Roush Fenway Racing has worked for years to become carbon neutral in its footprint as a business. The Roush Fenway Ford, driven by Ryan Newman, is the tip of an iceberg that includes a corporate commitment to an environmental consciousness. That includes basic things like LED lights in the company campus, rainwater is collected for landscape irrigation, there's a goal to recycle 90% of every race car, including oil, rubber, aluminum, and carbon fiber. And all heating, ventilation, and air conditioning on that campus is computer-controlled to save energy. If a racing organization that competes with fossil fuels but still meets government standards for carbon neutrality, that means we can all contribute in some way to lowering our own carbon footprint. Even yours. Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Back with the Freaks, this segment brought to you by good friends at Lucas Oil. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation, to keep your ride or your rides on the road. Make sure you're using plenty of Lucas Oil products, the interior of your engine, the exterior of your engine, interior of your car, exterior. Lucas Oil, they got them. Don't believe me? Check them out at lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com. Coming up this hour, Max Ansey. I'm looking forward to getting this guy in the Freak Nation. You hear so many things about this guy. Uh, he wanted to come in initially with the first race in Supercross season for 2021, injures his back, was going to make a whole lot of noise, was tearing it up in Europe with the outdoors, yet injures his back, misses the entire, what, what would we say, first quarter crasher, what, six races? I think it was about six races, five right. or six races, yeah. Uh, regardless, makes his debut in Orlando this weekend. He'll be joining us this hour. Uh, but first, Statman, you saw what happened this weekend. Ty Gibbs, the grandson of... Joe Gibbs goes out in his first Xfinity race, Statman, on a road course and wins. Okay. Christopher Bell, his second NASCAR Cup race for Joe Gibbs this afternoon. And he wins. I don't know. It's a good weekend for Joe Gibbs racing. Isn't it, though? But the significance of this, and Statman talked about this seven or eight minutes ago when our show opened about, these new names, not are these just new names, these are young men that I don't even know if Ty Gibbs is even shaving. <laughs> Christopher Bell, I think, started shaving last week. What's I mean, Christopher Bell's stat man against seasoned Cup Series drivers made a mad move against Joy Logano to win that Cup Series race this afternoon on the road course at Daytona. And then, of course, Ty Gibbs goes out and wins it. What's in what, overtime? Yeah. What's the bigger race win for you, Statman? Ty Gibbs or Christopher Bell? Well, you've heard me say before that guys don't always win the race when they're in first place when the checker flag falls. Kinda that's what happened to Ty Gibbs. He won in double overtime and but Christopher Bell 
won the race. He chased down Joey Logano, a former champion, and went around him at the end of the race when Logano had some braking problems. He won the race, went after it, was doing laps 30 seconds faster than Logano, and won the race. I don't even say that about Gibbs. So I think the Bell thing, even though he's a former truck champion, I think the Bell thing is more significant. I disagree. I think that Ty, the Ty Gibbs win is bigger because it was his Xfinity Series debut. We saw him crush it in the ARCA Series last year. He won so many races consecutively. We know the kid's got talent. He might have been at the right place at just the right time in a double overtime race win, but the history books are going to show that he is only the sixth driver to win a NASCAR race in the Series debut. To me, that's just going to have ramifications in history much longer out than Christopher Bell's first cup win will. Yeah, but what if it was Ty Wallace instead of Ty Gibbs? Does the name Gibbs add more to it? I think Christopher Bell, even though he's a former truck champion, I think the way uh, Christopher Bell won the race, he won the race. And, and it wasn't a, a lucky thing. I'm not that, that lucky is the wrong word. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thing Finally. where he out, you know, Bell won the race. He chased down a former champion and won going away. No, and there's absolutely, but I'm just wondering if people are going to remember how these guys won their races it, 10 years down the road. They're not going to, but they will still see that this was pretty significant for this Xfinity win in his absolute series debut. And then it was Xfinity and not Cup. Yeah, well, that's true, too. That is true. You know, I mean, the the best guys in NASCAR are racing in the Cup race. Even And like we said, some of the new names that are appearing uh, are not, you know, we didn't have Kyle Busch and uh, the, the standard names at the end. But Bell still beat a former champion. I'm going to beat that nail until <laughs> some people hear it. He beat a former champion, outran him at the end, and I think that's I think that means a lot. I'm looking at the the one point that Statman made about Christopher Bell. You know, ten years from now, Crasher. I don't know if we're going to be again. I don't remember what happened ten hours ago, <laughs> but. Just the True. fact that you have so many drivers in the Cup Series that have won road course races. And for Christopher Bell, the guy that's known for beating the doors down on dirt, whether it's quarter midgets or sprint, regardless, this guy on a freaking road course goes out and does it. I'm not, I don't want to take away from Ty Gibbs and what he did. I don't want to take that away at Again all. Again on a road course, yeah. right, because it's still impressive. It, I, I might even want to take it a step further. Here's Kurt Busch, a seasoned veteran who did everything but split his car in half by going through the infield, yet gets himself, grabs himself a top five to work. A.J. Allmendinger, speeding through pits. He worked his way into a top 15. But, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking Christopher Bell and Ty Gibbs. Well, you could say the same with Chase Elliott. As he makes a mistake, and a guy was dominating the race, he makes a pretty big mistake, goes back to 14th, and then works his way back up through the field as well. So, right. yeah, the, the guys with the talent, the guys with chops, they will always come through no matter what the circumstances, especially on a road course. Statman, I, I didn't pick up the race in, in time to see that weather was a factor. Was there much rain at all on the track to where it was an issue? 
It was actually pretty interesting towards the end of the race. I don't know, maybe 25 laps to go. I don't remember, but around there, some rain appears at one end of the track and they call a rain caution and they uh, ask, you know, they, they say that the guys could come into the pits. They had rain tires ready for the cup cars. Can you believe that? They had uh, windshield wipers on the car from the beginning of the race. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I'm just sitting there laughing to myself. This is crazy. Rain tires for a cup car. Nobody took them, but they were there. They were ready. They could have used them, uh, but the rain wasn't strong enough. And they were, the guys who pitted were able to put uh, slicks back on the car and everybody was safe. But yeah, rain tires for a cup car. It's wild. <laughs> it's a rarity. That's definitely a rarity. But a little bit of the IMSA influence, it seems like there. Statman Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Curious Freak Nation, what do you think? Christopher Bell's win or Ty Gibbs' win? Which is more impressive to you? We'll put that out on Twitter at Speed Freaks and let you vote for the next 24 hours on that bad boy. Speaking of bad boys, this guy, Max Ansey, wanted to make his 450 debut in the Supercross season. Uh, Houston. Uh, Houston? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. It's not Anaheim. It's yeah. he, it was Houston this year, the season opener. Uh, but decided to go out and hurt his back. But he makes his debut in Orlando, and I'm told he's one hell of an interview. Mac, Max Ansey, 450 Supercross pilot. Looking forward to get that guy here in the Freak Nation. Also, Kyle Koretsky running his sophomore season in HRA Pro Stock Class, Finals Lucas Oil Colors. He'll be joining us in the second hour. And your stat man, Scat. Coming up, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. And all that Only shooting stars break the mold. And all that Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti Sandwiches for Dinner They're my fave Dad You're the GOAT You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit AdoptUSKids.org Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council 
Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. Your soap is Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. Titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Back with Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. 20 years of doing Speed Freaks, Freak Nation. That's 20 years of doing Speed Freaks from the Lucas Oil Studios. This segment. Not that damn old crasher, relax, will you? That's right, we can't drink yet, technically. We're not 21 yet. Mm -mm. When you're 21, it's all over. Twisted tea. Uh Uh-huh. This segment brought to you by our good friends at Complete Engine Treatment with our friends at Lucas Oil. Cleans and lubricates multiple systems, removes harmful deposits, gum and varnish, improves cold temperature fluidity. Go with the OG, Freak Nation. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It cleans and lubricates all components from the fuel tank to the cylinders. It's Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. A dude who knows a little bit about Lucas Oil, at least the Lucas Oil outdoor motocross season. His name is Mac a- Max Ansi. Uh, made his debut on his 450 in Orlando this weekend. And it wasn't because he finally found a ride. It's because he finally fixed his freaking back. <laughs> Max joins us now here in the Freak Nation. And Max, run me through this. How did you hurt your back? And when did you know that this was going to be a long-term deal before you got back on the bike? Oh, honestly, it's um, yeah. It, it was the 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 day before um, we were supposed to fly to Houston for the first round of Supercross. I was doing my last moto, my last my last few laps of riding. You know, that's what they always say. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, and I ended up crashing, and it actually wasn't. Uh, it, it's a bit of a grey area, but it wasn't any fault of my own. I just ended up hitting the deck pretty hard, and. Um, and yeah, I, I broke a, a part in my back, um, and and then knocked myself out, and a few other bits and pieces as it goes. And honestly, I was just the, the doctors told me, okay, as bad as it was, I I got lucky, and it would only be six weeks, um, six to eight weeks before I'd be, you know, back able to be to be able to, to push again and and be a hundred percent. And and I'm a, I'm at five weeks now. It's it's unfortunate that you know they've with the way that the schedule has been, I've missed more races than what I would have liked because the races, you know, we're doing three in a week for the first couple of weeks. So, um, 
So I missed a few more races than what I would have liked, but that's the way it goes. That's the name of the game in this sport. And yeah, I'm pushing to be back as, as you know, I've been pushing to be back as fast as I could have been. And, um, you know, okay, we're still dealing with little bits and pieces, but it, it, it is what it is. And now I can hopefully build from here and, and progress throughout the, throughout the season. Max Anstey is a Supercross rider from England. It's great always to get Supercross riders here, but you're new to the Supercross. You've run the outdoor motocross, Lucas Oil Motocross Series, but you made your debut in Supercross in Orlando. There's a lot of difference between the two, isn't there? Tell us what that's about. Tell us how you prepare for the outdoor versus Supercross. Yeah, I mean, it is um, to an extent. You know, the preparation... Still, the top guys in the motocross and the top guys in supercross, they still, you know, you still got to do a lot of preparation. You still got to work hard. It, that that kind of side of it, the amount of of work is kind of the same. It's just the 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 way that you work is slightly different for supercross. The bikes are set up differently, um, so there's some learning with that, and there's much more technique with supercross you've got to learn how to do the whoop sections or the the rhythm sections the optimal way whereas on an outdoor track pretty much anyone at a top level can do all the same obstacles you can do all the same jumps on an outdoor track it's just you know who can go really fast around the turns whereas you know even watching some of these races there's some jumps that create the gap in the riders with the quads or the triples or whatever so you've got to be able to do them comfortably um, so that's where the difference is in, in training. It's not necessarily, you know, easier one or the other because outdoor motocross training, you're working hard, you're, you're pushing every day as much as you can. And, and the same with supercross, you're still doing the same thing. Um, it's just, yeah, slightly different style of, uh, slightly different style of, of work. But I, I really enjoy it. I, I've enjoyed enjoy doing both. I've done motocross for a lot of years, so now it's been it's been nice to get get back into the supercross. Max Anstey, why supercross? You've had such success in the motocross GP in Europe. Why come here? Because supercross is is the pinnacle. Supercross is what everyone everyone sees and every little kid dreams about, you know, watching supercross. I grew up watching Jeremy McGrath and Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart and and uh, and from England, being from England, being from Europe, you feel so far away from Supercross. Like it, it's like another world. It's just, and yeah, I, I, I've been great in the World Championship, and and I've won the Motocross of Nations and 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 races in in the Outdoor Championship over there. Um, but in the back of my mind, it was always something that you know I feel like if you're an all-rounded rider or if you can and you have the opportunity to do it then come to america to to give that a go would be an opportunity that if i didn't take i would regret and there's not many people from europe that can ride supercross because it's a very specialist kind of thing the americans yeah. are the best of the best at, at what they do which is supercross so honestly it it was just more of a a thing of i've raced the world championship i had the opportunity with my team to to come over and give this a go and and it's something that as a kid, you know, it's everyone's, every motocross rider, every, everyone's dream to, to go and race under the lights of Supercross. So it's definitely, um, yeah, you don't have Supercross anywhere else in the world that's, that's like America. You know, the American Supercross series is the biggest and best in, in the world. And, and yeah, it's just something that, as a kid, that's always what you want to do. 
I find it interesting that you just said not everybody can race supercross, but most everybody could race outdoors and motocross. Why is that, do you think? Well, I could put you on a bike and and you could go and ride around Pala or Glen Helen or, or <laughs> the national track, the outdoor track. As long as you can ride a bike in a straight line, you'll be able to get around a track on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Any any fan, any anyone that can ride a bike, they go and ride motocross. So, but supercross, you couldn't even do one lap around a supercross track because it's so, you have to be so good at, at riding a bike just to even make it around the track because it's so technical, it's so steep. It's like you're hitting these walls and you're jumping 60 feet and you're, I don't even know how far in the air. It's, <laughs> And it's right out of a turn. It's it's a different. It's yeah. It's like like a completely different thing. It's and a lot of European riders they only train on outdoors. They only only do the motocross side of things. So when you put them in a stadium that that an enclosed environment, you've got the lights, you've got the crowd there. It feels ten times smaller than than the track feels. Ten times smaller than what it actually is. And you know everything's cramping around you and and you've got to go and perform, it's, it's definitely a different, a different experience. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think as a general fan, everyone can go and ride an outdoor track. And that's why motocross, you know, you have the fans because they can go and ride the, the national tracks. You can go to WW Ranch. You can go and, and ride on these tracks. But Supercross is, is there's only 22 guys a night racing Supercross, and they're the best of the best for a reason. And yeah, after a supercross race, you couldn't take the fans to go and ride around the track because it's <laughs> it's so difficult. Whereas on an outdoor track, you can. So it's just one of those where it's it's definitely the the top of the top level of of riding a bike. Max Anstey joining us here in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night, making his debut Orlando Supercross. Of course, after experiencing a back injury earlier in the season, before the season started. So watching those races, before you were able to get your butt back on a bike, watching those races, what did you learn most of what to do and what not to do in Supercross? Well, um, well the, the one thing I learned was that the 450 class is, is definitely um, definitely for an American word, stacked. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely busy out there, and the and the guys are uh, and the guys are all going really fast. So, um, you know, I I, I think, yeah, you you've got to be able to get through the whoops good. You've got to be able to hit the rhythm section, do the the jumps at least to be able to be in the same lap time, or be in the ballpark with the guys. So, that's the, the the biggest thing is is, you know, trying to make sure you're you're ready. And, and coming off an injury like this, it's tough because you're missing time. I'm missing bike time. You know, I've only had two days on the bike properly before the first race, so it's it's not it's not like you. I've I've been able to to train and ride for week after week to to feel really good. So it's 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 a tough one. You kind of just got to accept it and and get on with it. But definitely, um, definitely, yeah, being able to do the obstacles and get through the whoops clean is is the biggest thing I've I've seen so far. <laughs> Max Ansi joining us here in the Freak Nation. Uh, Supercross, 450 pilot. And do you wish that you would have run Supercross in your early 20s before you married your beautiful wife? I I do. Um, I do, but I also, 
I've also had a, I've had a great career in, in the motocross and in the world championship and it's made me who I am now and created the opportunity as, as you know, to be, to be here right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been one of those where I, yeah, I, I was in a Europe. I spent a lot of time, um, a lot of time in all over Europe, um, racing and, and dealing with different teams. And it's taught me a lot of things. And I've had a lot of good success in that. And, and that in its own self, you know, when you're there, your, your goal is to win that and, and be, and be a hundred percent focused on that. So in one breath, yeah, you can look back and think, oh, I wish I'd have done this when I was a lot younger. Um, I did a lot of Supercross when I was really young. When I was a teenager, I did a lot of Supercross. But it's been, yeah, for the last 10 years or so, I haven't done as much. So it, it's one of those where, where yeah, I can look back and think, oh, I'd love to have done more Supercross, but I'm back under the lights now, and, and I'm just <laughs> happy and grateful to be, to be where I am. Well, you kind of dodged around really why I asked that question because oh, Supercross, as a young 20-year-old in Supercross, you're a single man and, you know, all those hot little ladies out there. Come on, <laughs> Brohan. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, the, the thing is, when you're racing, you're just 100% focused on, on getting the job done. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, I'm, McGrath, no way. Ricky Johnson, come on. Jeff Ward, they were, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah you know it's, um, the way the cookie crumbles i suppose <laughs> all good what what are your your favorite things about america so far is it barbecue is it tex-mex kind of mexican food what what sort of things have you liked since racing here well to be honest since i've um i've been living in california since i've been over here covid oh, right. happened and we haven't been able to go out and do a lot of anything literally um since being in Florida, it, it's great. You can go out for dinner and you can be a bit more normal. So it's honestly been been crazy how how yeah the whole the whole world, not just America, the whole the whole world is is on shutdown. Um, so yeah, it, it's been it's been weird with that. But honestly, I just I, I love the weather. The, the weather's been great out in California, yeah. and and just how easy it is to be able to to do my training and do my work. I know that's kind of a bit boring, but, um, but it is, it, it's like I can make the most out of every day. And, and honestly, I love, I love the American people. Everyone's so friendly. Everyone's so helpful. Um, and it's nice to, obviously I'm English, but it's nice to, you know, speak the same language. I've, I've been over <laughs> in Belgium, in, in Italy and, and a few other places over there in Europe where you're struggling to understand what people are saying. So it's, um, that, that, that's a, a good point as well. Max Anstey, Supercross is trying something a little different this year. They're staying in one market and doing a couple of races, two or three races in one town. Cuts down on travel, cuts down on expenses. We're trying to find out from the Supercross riders we've had on this year, where do you fit in that? Do you like what's going on? It's new. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a fan because we get to go and do it. You know, over in Europe, then they're not even going to start until May or, or, or something like it. It's, and that's even if they start, it's, we're still in America. And in America, you can, you can travel from state to state and you can race. And, and I know, obviously, it's a different schedule for everyone. But the whole world, when you look at the, the whole, yeah, when you look at the whole world, we're lucky to be able to do what we do and still, still be able to go racing. There's a hell of a lot of sports and, and, and events out there that, that can't go ahead. Um, Especially, yeah, in in this time. So I think they've done a great job because 
it's happening. You know, you mm-hmm. get to watch something on a Saturday night and you, you guys can sit home and, and watch or you can come to the race and be a fan in the stands. It, it's one of those where I, I think they've done a great job to just make it happen because there's, yeah, when I look at the rest of the state of, of, of the world and, and the events that are, are not happening, um, I think it's great that Supercross has, has been able to go ahead. Max Ancy joining us here on the Freak Nation, 450 Supercross star. Hey, real quick, on your one of your Instagram posts, do, do I see tape on your nipples as you're suiting up? What? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's because, well, actually, I don't know if I'd have that issue in, in America, but in, in Europe, one, it's cold, and two, the tracks are really sandy. So when you've got the sand, the jersey or the chest protectors underneath your jersey rubbing against your nipples, oh, it doesn't half burn. Oh, so, yeah, wow. I, I, it's, just a, it's just a thing. I put tape over them. I guess, like, you know when you see runners, marathon runners, and all that, the shirts rubbing against their nipples all the time, I guess that's the same kind of thing. It's just when you get hot and sweaty or it's cold and wet and sandy, it, yeah, it's not, it's not an ideal situation. Has anybody ever asked you about putting tape on your nipples before? Yeah, I my teammate asks me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he loves it. Sometimes I uh, yeah, I, I don't know. He he doesn't seem to do it, but um, Adam Entignat, my teammate, he does always laugh at me every every time I'm getting ready. And you know the history of redheads and Supercross, whether it's Ricky Carmichael or Villapoto, you guys have had a pretty good run. Yeah, I know. I um got a lot li- lot to live up to, so I um better get to work. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, this has been a pleasure. Uh, all the folks that uh, told us that you'd be a great interview, uh, you certainly lived up to it and more, man. Thank you for doing this. No worries. Thank you very much, guys. I'm, uh, I appreciate being on. What I tell you, Freak Nation, Max Ansi here in the Freak Nation. With an attitude like that, you want that guy to roll, at least get some race wins to where you can join us more often in the Freak Nation? Go out and win that damn championship next year, Max. Coming up in the second hour, Kyle Koretsky flying those Lucas Oil colors in his sophomore season in the NHRA Pro Stock class. He'll be here in the Freak Nation. And more Supercross stars rolling up here with the Freaks in the Lucas Oil Studios. Because I'm sure it isn't good. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Second hour of the Freaks. Thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up in about 12, 13 minutes, Kyle Koretsky. Not Kenny Koretsky, if you're a drag racing fan. The son of Kenny Koretsky, Kyle Koretsky, NHRA Pro Stock pilot, flying those Lucas Oil Colors. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Be a part of this big old thing. 20 years we've been doing this from the Lucas Oil Studios. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Last hour, your Daytona 500 winner. Michael McDowell was in here. Max Ancy, 450 Supercross star, was here. 
Uh, but the second hour of the Freaks begins right now, Freak Nation, as we saw Christopher Bell grabs the cup win. Ty Gibbs grabs the Xfinity Series win yesterday afternoon on the road course at Daytona. We're asking you on Twitter at Speed Freaks, which is more impressive, Ty Gibbs in his first NASCAR Xfinity race of any kind wins on a road course. Christopher Bell, his second NASCAR Cup race. No, his 38th NASCAR Cup race. Oh, sorry. Second this year. Second this year. His second for Joe Gibbs goes out and wins on a road course. His first. His first win. Yeah, yeah. his first cup. cup win is on a road course. This, this guy that's synonymous for taking home a whole lot of cake and trophies from the Chili Bowl. So we're asking you at Speed Freaks on Twitter. Statman, Statman one of the things you were talking about uh, during our pre-show meeting was really some of these drivers. I mean, we know some of the drivers' names, but still, what do you see? What, 20, 20 through 30? A number of drivers that kind of brings back the day of 15 years ago where you, you had these paid road course drivers that would come in. and <laughs> The ringers. Yeah, the ringers that would run for these established NASCAR Cup stars. Who are some of those names that you saw at, from 20 but, to 29? Well, we had 21 was Chase Elliott, last year's champion, and he, let, he dominated the first part of the race. He finished 21st. But then who are these guys? Anthony Alfredo. Pasta. James Davison, Justin Haley, Cody Ware, Daryl Wallace, Garrett Smithley, Scott Heckard, Timmy Hill, and then 30th was Kyle Larson. Who are these guys? I mean, you know, they, they might, Davison crash, you know Davison. Some of these guys might end up being good, and, but they're not the standard names. Jimmy Johnson is gone. You know, some of the other names that were always there, they're gone, and now these new names are coming up, and they could take over the sport. Yes, and it would be awesome. James Davison, yeah, he's run, oh gosh, maybe eight or so races over a multi-year span in IndyCar. Most, you guys will remember James Davison on fire at last year's 104th running of the Indy 500, which was run in August. He had a really bad crash there. But, yeah, Justin Haley, I believe, wasn't he an ARCA driver? We've had Justin Haley on the show before. Garrett Smithley, we've known that name through the truck series. But, yeah, it's good to see a fresh crop of names coming up. And even if they're not in the top ten, they're going to be vying for some spots. And, and they are. They're taking over for the Jimmy Johnsons, the Matt Kenses, the Tony Stewarts, the Jeff Gordons that are now obviously all gone. Statman, is this good for NASCAR? I mean, granted, granted, granted I mean, it's 20th it's through 30th, but is this good for NASCAR? It's wonderful for NASCAR just to get some new names. I mean, people that cheer for Kyle Busch doesn't include me. And he finished down the line today. Uh, and he's had a pretty difficult time getting his season up and running. So you can't depend on certain names. You've got to have talent that's constantly coming up through the field. And these guys, they didn't finish in the 30s. They finished in the 20s. So they might have some potential in the sport. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Thank you guys for hanging out. We're asking you on Twitter at Speed Freaks, which is the bigger win? Christopher Bell in his second cup race with Joe Gibbs Racing, but his first cup win comes on a road course. Or Ty Gibbs, his first big boy Xfinity Series race ever. He goes out and wins. On a road course. That's why you should hit us up on Twitter at Speed Freaks. Coming up up this hour, 
Kyle Koretsky, NHRA Pro Stock Pilot, running a sophomore season in the NHRA. That's hopefully if we get the damn in. When was the last it's time the NHRA on. ran? It's- 2007? Las Vegas uh, years <laughs> a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're going to start in March. Don't worry. In uh, Florida, just like NASCAR's been doing it. their first three weekends in Florida. All right, we're going to resume with some affiliates and get back with some Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Bring in, in another round of affiliates, Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. 20 years we've been doing this thing. Coming up in about seven or eight minutes, Kyle Koretsky, NHRA Pro Stock Pilot, getting set for his 2021 debut with the Lucas Oil Colors. It's his second season in the Pro Stocker. Uh, but he'll be joining us here coming up in about six or seven minutes. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Whatever you drive, an SUV, big old fat F-250, a Silverado, why don't you style and profile in those red-letter General Tires? Yeah, it's General Tires, the official tire of the Freak Nation. Go to GeneralTire.com for more information. Crasher? Well, Kenny beat me to the punch in the first hour, but man, this has been a weekend of firsts at Daytona for NASCAR. It's been 70, 70, 71, 72 years. The last time, yes, that was 1949, the last time that a brand new winner has won in back-to-back weekends, as we had with the Daytona 500 and Michael McDowell, and then this weekend in, in Cup, Christopher Bell. All right, but the weekend started with Ben Rose, Ben Rhodes, excuse me, taking back-to-back wins in the Daytona Truck Series, of course, this weekend on the road course, then Ty Gibbs, in the Xfinity Series yesterday says, get to know me as well. It was his debut, the debut on the road course, and he gets the win. In double overtime, by the way, as well. Then Sunday, that's when Christopher Bell did his magic, chasing down Joey Logano, and he decided to make his first cup win on that road course as well. For Christopher Bell, winning his first cup race on a road course, he became just the 15th driver to do so. And for Ty Gibbs, with his debut win, Gibbs became only the sixth driver to win in his first series start, which which matches the feat most recently achieved by Kurt Busch 15 years ago. Before that, it was Dale Earnhardt Sr. Supercross wrapped up their time in Orlando with Cooper Webb on the top spot in the 450 class and Justin Cooper winning the Western 250s in Orlando, Florida. Yep, it's a COVID year. But now back to the 450s. Remember the last time Cooper Webb won back-to-back races? That was in 2019, and that was the season where he captured his first title. I'm just saying, this is now back-to-back wins for Cooper Webb. On to Trans Am and Sebring, Thomas Merrill captured the TA2 pole, but then started from the back of the field. Merrill took the lead on the last turn of the last lap and went on to grab the checkered flag for the Trans Am TA2 season opener at Sebring. Kyle Koretsky, NHRA Pro Stock Badass, coming up. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. 
Hey, it's Kenny Sargent and Crash Gladys with Speed Freaks and we know vehicles that could be expensive. So without proper maintenance, any vehicle could break down, causing the need for expensive repairs. That's why you need Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil produces the toughest and highest quality lubricants and additives on the market. Lucas products are tested on the track and the street to provide unmatched protection against the most punishing conditions. Hey, no matter what you do, no matter what you drive, Lucas Oil has the product for your mechanical needs. So keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Mav TV, your destination for all things motorsports. TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. Mav TV televises off road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and world rally championships, to name a few. Mav TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. Mav TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. Visit MavTV.com for more racing information and to demand. Your Mav TV. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the you're back with the Freaks. You follow us on Twitter, right? At Speed Freaks. And, of course, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Statman, 20 years of doing Speed Freaks. Kind enough to stick around and entertain you guys for the last two decades. Thank you very much. This segment brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil. Complete engine treatment. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Check out the website to check out their product spotlight of the week. 
Complete engine treatment from Lucas Oil cleans and lubricates multiple systems, removes varnishes, gum, and harmful deposits there in your engine, improves cold temperatures, lubricates upper cylinder walls and rings. In other words, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. His name is Kyle Koretsky. His old man, Kenny Koretsky, we're very familiar with, not real familiar with his, his son, Kyle, who made his debut in the pro stock class last year in the NHRA. He joins us now here in the Freak Nation. And man, does it feel like it's been about a year and a half since you got your butt back in a pro stock car for a big boy drag race? Man, it's crazy. It, it, feel, it feels super long. I don't know about a year, but uh, right now, the last two months have probably been the last uh, longest two months of my life. You know, trying to wait to get back there and do some pro stock racing. Kyle Koretsky, a second-generation pro stock driver, now driving with Lucas Oil, new sponsor this year, sophomore season. Kyle, you had to learn a lot last year. You were one of the drivers considered for the 2020 Rookie of the Year. Now you're on your road to being a veteran. You had to learn a lot. Uh, I mean, I've I learned so much in the last, you know, I would say eight to nine races uh, last year in the 2020 season. Um and there's still a lot to learn. I mean, I think every day, if you're not learning something new, uh, you're not doing it right. And I feel that we have the best team out there, the KB Racing team and Greg Anderson and Jason Line, Dave Connolly and Bo Butner. Uh, not returning this year, but last year he helped me out a lot. Um, they kind of made me go in the right direction right off the bat. So I was very fortunate to have a great start um, because I was learning from the best, um, the best in the business. And then, you know, also, my dad made every single race, and, uh, you know, he's my hero. Uh, I look up to him a lot, and he's done a lot in the NHRA Pro Stock and in NHRA in general. So, you know, just to be involved in the Pro Stock is my dream, and uh, we're so looking forward to getting out there to the World Door Slammers and representing Lucas Oil now for 2021. It's huge. Uh, it's huge for myself. Uh, it's huge for the team, my family. Uh, we're Lucas Oil product users. Um, so it just kind of works hand in hand. Uh, the stuff just plain works. Funny line, Kyle just played works. It does, I guess. But who gave you the best advice last year? Greg Anderson, Jason Line, Bo Butner, David Conley, your dad. Who gave you the best advice? Oh man, that's tough. I, I, I I'm trying to race for a long time here, so I don't want to say the wrong yeah. thing. But uh, my dad's been huge help to me. Um, you know, he sticks behind me. Uh, most of the time, uh, and, and gives me a lot of advice for the driving wise, but I don't really have a, a favorite, you know, who gave me the best advice. I think every piece of advice that I was given was the best. So Good way. it's hard for me to really uh, answer that. I don't know. That sounds like a cop out to me, no, Kyle. No, no, Come on, no. man. <laughs> Your old man is not going to disown you. You can say that he gave you some crappy advice. Yeah, no, he gave me some crappy advice, and not on and off the track. But I, it's probably more positive than, than the crap advice. But, um, you know, he's – I guess the worst thing he says to me is don't go red. And that's like that irritates me so bad. And uh, he knows it does, and I think that's why he says it to me, because he knows I'm out there to win. And I feel like, you know, if you're not out there to win, you, you know, you're not really not really there, you know. So how much was he in your head after the Vegas finals last year? Uh, I was, um, I was pretty heartbroken. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I put a lot of weight on my own shoulders. Um, I take a lot of, lot of, uh, responsibility for everything I do. And, you know, that was just straight driver error. Um, 
I was trying. I mean, she's she's one of the best, uh, Erica Enders, and that whole elite team. And we had the car to win, in my opinion. And I just, uh, I just, uh, I just went for it. Um, it was my first final, uh, NHRA pro stock category. And I think uh, not really the nerves got to me. I think I just wanted it really, really bad, a little too much. And I just kind of got away from my whole game plan that I was doing every day and just racing my race. And I kind of got in my head a little bit and psyched myself out. So it'll come. It'll come. But see, that's what freshman seasons are for, basically. Your rookie season is to make mistakes like that so you learn them and don't get all geeked up on the line come this year or next year or the year after. Oh, 100% agree. And I made a bunch of mistakes last year. Uh, we won't go in depth about them, but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely made some mistakes. And, you know, when you have world champions come up to you and tell you, hey, you know, shake it off, you know, it's, it's okay, but not okay, but it's going to happen. Um, it happens to the best of us. That that gives me a little bit more ease because I'm real hard on myself uh, when I make mistakes. I try to be as perfect as I can be. I mean, no one's perfect, but in pro stock world, that 50, 100 RPM shift point, the you know starting line advantage, everything everything equals up to that little bit to give you that advantage because it's such a tight class, and that's why we love it. It's so competitive, um, and you're fighting for you know, a couple thousandths of a second can win or lose. Lucas Oil Pro Stock driver Kyle Koretsky joining in, joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Is that Kyle Koretsky at your day job work as well, vice president of your family's company? Are you uber competitive there as well? Yeah, we're we're real real serious on uh, on our business side. Um, my dad definitely brought us up to work hard and you play hard, but. We work super hard during the week when we're not racing. Um, I'm kind of my brother's right-hand man. My brother is the president uh, of our company, and, you know, he's kind of the main – I would say he's the main guy. I hate to say that, but I'm his right-hand man. I'm okay with that. Uh, he allows me to go racing. I, I miss a lot of work, uh, especially this season. going to try to run a full season as long as the pandemic doesn't stop us. But uh, at work, when I'm here, it's it's real serious. And then when I'm at the track, I'm real serious. Um, people always say, "Ah, right, why aren't you smiling? I'm smiling ear to ear underneath. I just don't want to show it um, because I, I really try to take it serious. How many times have you told your older brother, don't red light? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's not too much into drag racing. He races the diesel trucks when they had the uh, – U.S. Truck and Nationals at at uh, English Town, so when he raced that, it was like it was like go time. You know, we would work in the trucks for two, three months solid every night together. So that was cool. But the red light thing, he's real, he's hard on me too. But he knows the pressure. And my dad, my dad can put a lot of pressure on on you. And uh, but he he's excited as long as I have a good time and and I'm staying focused when I'm there. Not not there to kind of party and hang out. I'm there to do a job. Um, and that's the win, and that's what we want to do for my family. Kyle Koreski doing a new year this year with Lucas Oil, sophomore year. Kyle, you haven't experienced a full season with 50,000 screaming fans in an NHRA grandstand. This is just another COVID year. No telling who's going to be in the grandstands to watch you. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I, I mean, I look forward my whole life to raise pro stock and finally doing it in, in 2020 in a pandemic hit. 
So it was kind of a little bit of a buzzkill. Um, but we're I'm, I'm very fortunate to even get the race pro stock. So we kind of tried to make the best of it. And um, we look forward to the fans. We need the fans out there. We need the support and for NHRA and, and us and our and our marketing partners. So I really hope, you know, everything goes smooth this year and we can kind of get the fans packed to where they need to be and where they should be because I think the fans really want to come out and watch racing. And I think Pro Stock is one of the most favorite classes, even though the Top Fuel Funny Car, you know, kind of is number one. But uh, there's nothing like some, you know, side-by-side door slammer racing that, you know, all motor, naturally aspirated cars, uh, fuel injection. But I don't think there's anything better. Your old man dabbled in other classes. Why won't you get into Funny Car or Top Fuel? It's been talk. Um, I want to, we're real busy at home. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to take off too much time. That sounds, you know, probably not the right thing to say, but work, work definitely is first for us. Um, so for me to go into a different class is a whole nother adventure. Um, and racing pro stock, thank God, you know, the team KB, uh, KB racing, all the guys at the shop, you know, they're, they take care of everything. So I don't really have to do much, but to do another class is just, I want to focus on pro stock. My goal was to qualify at every, every event that I go to. That's a win for me. And then they start going rounds is even bigger. So now we're just, we're moving up and now at Lucas oil on board, we're going to, we need to go out there and do a job for them that they want us to do and, and perform just like their products. And that's what we're going to focus on for now. And then we'll see what the future holds. You made a comment about how Jason Lyons' car, you sat in it at the end of last year. You made a comment that it was so much more comfortable than the car you were racing last year. Precisely how? Um, I think because the car that Jason was running was built for Jason. Uh, he's a very tall, tall guy, kind of like myself. I'm a little bit wider than him. But the car the car just fit better. You know, as soon as I sat in it at, uh, at Vegas, he was, he was overtuning one of the other cars. I'm like, let me quick jump in there real quick. And I jumped in. I'm like, wow. Like, it was just, it just felt good. The other car was a great car. Um, it's fast. It's one of the faster cars. I just wasn't 100% comfortable in it. Um, I was a little tight. Um, if anyone knows me, I'm a bigger guy. So not, not most cars are going to fit me perfect. But Jason's car fits me the best. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to driving that uh, here coming up in Orlando to have a little bit more comfort in the car. So will Orlando be the first time you will have sat in that car, the first time to test since Vegas? Correct. Yeah, that will be the first time. Whoa. First time. I, um, I, last time I was in a pro-star car was the finals in Vegas. The first time will be, you know, right, right at Door Slammer Nationals. Holy Man. Wow. Kyle Koretsky joining us here in the Freak Nation is sophomore season. NHRA Pro Stock Class, flying those red, white, and blue Lucas Oil colors for the 2021 season. Man, good luck to you for 2021. Hopefully you will and we will be able to get in all of these races for the NHRA and, frankly, for all the motorsports. Oh, 100%. We look forward to it. I appreciate you guys having me on board and uh, and I definitely appreciate Lucas Oil, what they do for our sport, not only in the, you know, the pro ranks, but the sportsmen. I also race sportsmen cars and the, the sportsmen classes. And, uh, you know, they're big supporters. So, you know, everyone needs to go support them. They support the sport. And uh, you guys are welcome, more than welcome, every race to come by and, and hang out. 
Got a boy. Well, just know we have NHRA winners on our show every Sunday night that you guys have race weekends. So just calm, cool, and collected at that line. Go take yourself the Wally, and then we'll, you'll be back in the Freak Nation. Perfect. That sounds like a great uh, plan there, and we hope to see you. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, thank you, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. So October to the middle of March, four and a half months for NHRA's offseason. Now, granted, IndyCar people can't talk, right. but that's a long time for NHRA. It's been many, many, many years since they've had that long of an offseason. It's incredible because the IndyCar season takes off millennia. <laughs> And then NHRA Stop. takes off months. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Stat band crash clad is Kenny Sargent. Speed freaks on a Sunday night from Lucas Oil Studios. Happy Kyle Koretsky's flying those Lucas Oil colors, Freak Nation. It's the Stat Man. Let's get it. Oh, no. The older I get, the greener I get. That's why I'm completely enthused by the news that Roush Fenway Racing has worked for years to become carbon neutral in its footprint as a business. The Roush Fenway Ford, driven by Ryan Newman, is the tip of an iceberg that includes a corporate commitment to an environmental consciousness. That includes basic things like LED lights in the company campus, rainwater is collected for landscape irrigation, there's a goal to recycle 90% of every race car, including oil, rubber, aluminum, and carbon fiber, and all heating, ventilation, and air conditioning on that campus is computer-controlled to save energy. If a racing or organization that competes with fossil fuels but still meets government standards for carbon neutrality, that means we can all contribute in some way to lowering our own carbon footprint, even yours. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Can't say it enough, Freak Nation. 20 years of doing Speed Freaks. And thank you guys for making us part of this big old thing. You're really the ones that helped us uh, get into these 20 years. You, Freak Nation, of course, all the affiliates and partners throughout these years. Bam! 21 years old coming up June 25th, Crasher, in 2021. What will Speed Freaks' first official legal beverage of choice be? Well, Statman and I both drove. Statman, didn't you drink some nitro with me? Oh, right. It has to be that. Yeah. It, 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 was, it tasted like peppermint schnapps, as a matter of fact. <laughs> See, yeah. Why did I even ask? Of course, right. the first official legal adult beverage of Speed Freaks turning 21 is nitromethane. Supercross pilot in the 250 class, Colt Nichols, grabbed himself a, a win earlier this season. He'll be joining us coming up here in the Freak Nation. But watching this. The cup race this afternoon, again, I just, whether it's Trans Am, I don't care what it is, if it's big, bulky cars, Trans Am, sports cars, uh, cup stock cars, I just like seeing big, bulky cars run on road courses. But one race that I don't think we're talking enough about it, granted, we've got three or four more races till we get to it, it's Bristol uh -huh. on dirt. These guys, 
Screw Xfinity Series. And I, no, the Cup Series guys on dirt in Bristol is coming up March 28th. That has it hit us yet? Has it hit you yet, Crasher? No, no. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I haven't really processed it completely in my mind that this is actually going to be a reality. So no, I've seen the pictures. I know Bristol's all laid out with the dirt, but I need to now see cars on track to believe. Oh God, they're really doing this. Statman, it's going to be the first first race on dirt for the Premier Cup Series in more than fifty years. How do you how, have we found out how much time they'll be able to practice <laughs> in a COVID year? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Because Stat, you know, you can you can go out to all kinds of crazy dirt courses, dirt ovals in North Carolina. But this isn't Bristol with the with the banking with dirt. Yeah, I I think they said there was going to be eight races this year where they have uh, practice and, and so qualifying. Uh, and so I I have to assume that Bristol is going to be one of those races yeah. because you got to give the guys a chance to learn what's going on on the banks at Bristol in the best of times. Some of them don't know what's going on at Bristol, but they will really need to know what's going on with the dirt there. I'm looking forward to it like crazy. I love Bristol anyway, but I'm looking forward to seeing these guys on dirt and watching it like we're on a road course. They don't know how to handle their brakes. <laughs> they don't know how to do anything. All they know how to do is go fast and bump each other, but they're going to have to get some finesse to handle the dirt. How is that banking going to truly hold dirt up at the top of the banking? I, I That is going to boggle my mind as well. 40 plus or 40 cup cars on that track. This isn't 20, 25, yeah. 30. It's just 40 cup cars on. I mean, it's a, it's a cluster without the dirt. Statman, being able to watch this race, I mean, you, you, you correctly identified the term in turn one at the kickoff Saturday night, summer Bristol race, it was Jurassic. What's a term that you could come up with for a turn one with Bristol <laughs> on dirt? It's going to be double Jurassic because I, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Like you said, Kenny, 40 cars, uh, eight, 900 horsepower in each one, uh, and all of them digging at the same level of dirt. I remember uh, when I first was learning about hockey th 30 years ago, whenever it was, I used to think that the ice was very thick, but the ice is only about an inch, inch and a half thick, if that. So the guys would dig in with their skates and they would get down to the cement that's down there. And sometimes the referee would have to come and patch it up, put some snow there and uh, let it melt back in. I think they're going to wow. have that problem when these cup cars start digging into the dirt mm -hmm. and they get down to the pavement and they're going to have to, you know, figure out how to keep that dirt from rolling down, like you said, off of the 36-degree banks at uh, Bristol. And it's going to, everybody is going to have to learn what's going on there. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it, Freak Nation. Uh, the ninth of 39 races coming up March 28th, Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, as we said before, it will be the first Premier Series event on dirt 
in more than 50 years. And, we're <laughs> and was that sand or dirt? I don't know that answer, Crasher. I don't. <laughs> I would know. not be shocked if it was sand. I just Daytona do not Beach. know that answer. Freak Nation coming up. Colt Nichols. Good to get this guy here in the Freak Nation. 250 winner uh, in your Supercross season. He'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Also, not much motorsports. And, again, if you missed any of the show, go to the website, speedfreaks.tv. We'll have it up there for you early uh, Monday morning, either the entire show or sectioned off interviews with our, what we call sectioned off podcast. Yeah, podcast. We've been saying podcast for almost 20 years. Now we finally know what the hell they mean. Colt Nichols <laughs> next. Coming up, <laughs> Speed Freak Spits on the Lucas Hole Studio. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. General Tire's Grabber X3 Mud Terrain Tire offers aggressive styling and is engineered for durability with innovative performance features that are ready to carry you through extreme mud and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. Make your anywhere possible by visiting GeneralTire.com today. That's GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Ah, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop this, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. 
What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, 20 years of Speed Freaks with Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. You run on General Tires, Freak Nation? You should. You got a big fat F-250, a Ram. What about a family SUV? Get yourself some of those red-letter GTs from General Tire, the official tire of the Freak Nation. Good to get this guy here with the Freaks. Colt Nichols joining us here in the Freak Nation. The first repeat winner in the 250 class for the Supercross Series last weekend in Indianapolis. Uh, he got his first repeat win. And we were talking about this a little earlier. I want, of course, I want to get into that win, Colt. But you, as a as a spectator, when you're watching the 450 class, I could only imagine that a dude who knows how to ride a bike like you and who's also a fan of Supercross, this 450 class has got to be nuts for 2021 for you. Yeah, I mean, like you said, watching it as as a fan, it's it's been pretty cool, honestly. I mean, I, I'm sure it's stressful for those guys, but. Man, to, to see the the level of so many guys being so high, you know, a different winner each time we've, we've raced now. And, you know, the podiums have been all sort of mixed up. And there's just so many good guys and uh, all so competitive, all want to win and, and do their best. And obviously it's showing each night they've been racing. It, it's been all kind of all over the place, just so hard to predict. But, yeah, from a fan perspective, man, that, that makes it pretty fun. And I'm certainly enjoying it. And hopefully one of these days I can get up there and, and mix up with those dudes as well. How quick would it take a guy like yourself, Colt Nichols, last Saturday night's winner in Indianapolis in the 250 class Supercross Series, how quick would it take you to get up to speed on a 450 versus a 250? Uh, yeah, I mean, for, for everybody, it's a little different. It really just depends on your riding style. And, um, you know, you might have to put on a little more weight to handle, you know, the bigger 450 bike and uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, I've had my amateur and then random races here and there. So I really enjoy the 450. I think it suits my style as far as the throttle control and, uh, it's really hard to handle that much power, so uh, you got to be fit, you got to be ready for it. But mentally, you got to be, you know, really ready for the battle. All, all those guys are professional athletes, and they've been doing it for a long time, and they they all want to win, you know. So it, it, that class is just intense, man. It's just so many good guys, and um, you know, it's it's like I said, been really fun to watch. But yeah, I'm hoping I can make a splash in there once it's time. You know, I don't know when that'll be, maybe in a, another year or so. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Ho- hopefully, we can do that when time comes. Colt Nichols, he was the first repeat winner in either class, 250 winner, last Saturday night in Indianapolis, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Uh, talk about the 250 class. We've spoken to nothing but 450 riders this entire season, and they've talked about, really, for the most part, how they like the way the schedule is, running back-to-back races. It's not that hard on their body, or the, the travel's not that hard on them physically. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, actually, I think it's it's kind of a blessing doing, you know, some of the racing like this and uh, getting these back-to-back races, you know, racing three times in seven days is, is pretty cool. And, you know, normally it'd only be two and, you know, a lot of breaks in between and stuff like that. But 
overall, yeah, I'd have to agree. It makes it nice. It cuts down our travel quite a bit. You know, now we're here for 10 days and we were in Houston for 10 days doing the first three. And yeah, I mean, I, I really like that. You know, most of the time when you're practicing during the week, those are the harder days. You know, then when you come to the race, you can kind of not have a sigh of relief because it's stressful for sure. But, uh, it's definitely easier days, you know, a little, a little easier on the body. You do less gym work, less long bicycle rides in these, you know, in this week span that we're here and, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I really enjoy the, the way the schedule is. I, I've been a big fan of these back to back races. I feel like I'm really fit right now and I think that's kind of playing into my cards as well. So yeah, I'd have to agree. I'm, I'm a big fan of the way the schedule's been going so far. Aside from that, is there any sort of boredom that comes with it? I mean, I'm just taking, let's say, Houston 1 and Houston 2, where the tracks were kind mm-hmm. of similar, and it didn't really test you guys as much mentally. Houston 3, of course, being different, and then Indy being different. But is does that weigh in at all as far as your, your practice, your riding schedule, and not being challenged in maybe Houston 1 to Houston 2? Uh, I mean, maybe for some guys, but overall, it's just it's the only the biggest difference, I think, that makes it the way it is, is mainly the same dirt. Um, you know, the same dirt at three rounds, you, the track will break down about the same, you know, for all the races. And yeah, we have a little different layout, you know, different jumps, different rhythms, things like that. But, uh, it's mainly the way that dirt breaks down. And if that, if that's the same every time then you kind of can understand how it's going to work, you know? So going from Houston one to Houston two, we made pretty significant bike changes and, uh, tried to improve a little bit. And then even from Houston two to Houston three, we made even more changes. So, uh, it's a lot different than that California dirt that I've been riding on uh, before the season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the only boredom we're really having is going from race to race, I think, especially now here in Indy. It's snowing, so we're not really going outside and exploring that much. So uh, a little boring from race to race. But overall, I'm just trying to enjoy myself and enjoy this process. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of racing, and the more racing we can do, the better. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been good so far, though. Sunday night, Speed Freaks, Colt Nichols, Supercross 250 winners with us. You talked a little bit about an injury. I think it was in Houston uh, when that occurred. How's it going now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think as racers, we always have a little nagging going <laughs> on. True. You know, hit, hitting the ground sucks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a, a pretty good get-off uh, right before we went to Houston, actually, about two weeks before we went to Houston. and um, It was something that wasn't a huge deal, but enough to where it was, you know, kind of being annoying to me and uh I, I didn't get to ride much before houston to be honest so going in there i was a little blind but uh yeah i mean it's a little nagging but at the same time uh, when it's time to go race you, it, the adrenaline takes over and you don't really think about that much at all so nothing that's hindering my performance or anything like that just more annoying you know after the race uh is the biggest deal but uh no i feel healthy i feel really strong and fit at the moment and uh, like I said, just really having having a good time and enjoying this whole racing thing. It's it's been a while since I've been able to race competitively in a series and feel like I'm doing it at the best of my ability. So uh, that that's been the most reassuring and most exciting thing for me, and making it really fun. You know, just to enjoy this whole process. So what has changed for you then? Has it been just your nutrition or being more confident with the bike? What has changed? Because right now you're on a hell of a streak. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm not real sure. I, I contribute most of it, I think, to just having a healthy off-season. You know, in 2018, at the end of 2018, I, I put in a lot of time to get ready for that 2019 season. And I was able to come in and win the first race and, you know, had the points lead for the first five races. And that was just a, a solid season for me. I, I felt like I was fit, you know, where I needed to be on the bike. I got to put in enough time on the practice track. And uh, that, that was probably the biggest deal, you know. And then even this year, you know, Yamaha came out with this new 2021 bike and, it was a little different than our old bike, and I think it's just suited me really well. And 
on top of that, I feel like I'm definitely the strongest and, and most fit I've ever been. And I actually put on a little bit of weight this year to try to handle a bike and uh, just stuff like that that I thought we were missing a little bit in years past. And so far, it's made a huge difference. I feel really happy with where I am physically and mentally and uh, the team's gelling really well and everything just seems to, to be fitting into place good. So I, I really can't complain about much. Colt Nichols is in the Speed Freaks Pits, 250 winner last Saturday in Indianapolis. Colt, there's two styles of riding in Supercross. Last Saturday, you jumped the start, got the lead. How does that differ from chasing somebody down from behind? Yeah, I think I think the style really stays the same. It's more the, the, the mental side of it is where you can really change that aspect of it when you're, you know, being chased rather than the guy chasing, you know, kind of trying to hunt somebody down, if you will. But, uh, you know, at Houston 3, I had Christian in front of me the whole race. So I'm really just trying to sit back and buy my time and, you know, I knew he was going really fast. We weren't separated by much in speed. So it was really a mental game at that point, just trying to, you know, stalk your opponent, try to force him into a mistake. And unfortunately for me, he didn't really make many mistakes. So I kind of had to force the issue and, and try to get by. And luckily I was able to, uh, to do just that. But, uh, yeah, it makes it always nicer when you got clear air. You know, you can <laughs> move around, use your own lines and do stuff like that. Just like I was able to do, um, at, at the Indy one here. And, it just makes it nice, man. Luckily for me, I was able to break away a little bit. I didn't have Christian, you know, really super close to me, you know, after the first five minutes. So that just gave me the freedom to go wherever I wanted on the track. I could be really patient with the lappers. And, uh, yeah, just mainly the mental side of, of trying to adjust to whatever the race gives you at the time and just kind of take it for what it is and make the best of the situation. Colt, we've had drivers and riders talk about scoreboard watching, looking up at the big screen and seeing what's going on behind them. For example, we recently had Kyle Larson, who won the Chili Bowl. He was talking about watching what's going on behind him in the scoreboard, the big screen. Do you have time to do that when you're riding a 250 Supercross? Yeah, a little bit. We we don't really try to watch the board as much. I'm, I'm focusing on, you know, the track as a whole and then, also, too, each time you come by the mechanics area, they're giving you the pit board and letting you know kind of, you know, a few details. Mainly, I'm wanting to know my own lap times, like what my own pace is. And then uh, also, too, luckily for me, that the way the track was laid out at Indy here, I had uh, multiple lanes where I could see the other lanes coming or going. And I was able to really keep track of all the guys. Like, I knew where Christian was. I knew where Jet was. I knew where Bozeman was. And I could really kind of just you know, I race these guys as I was going from section to section out a few spots where I could jump and kind of take a deep breath and look over and kind of keep tabs on everybody. So uh, that was huge for me. Yeah, we're definitely trying to watch, and you want to be aware of your surroundings and know what's going on. But overall, yeah, just trying to focus on the track and focus on yourself. And I just had the freedom of being able to get a lead and um, use that to my advantage uh, at Indy 1. So that was huge. And, yeah, I'm hoping we can keep the ball rolling and, and do that again the next time. Jeremy McGrath, Ricky Carmichael, Ryan Villapoto. Who's who was the best supercross rider ever? Oof, best supercross <laughs> rider ever. Man, that's tough. You gotta go with the king, uh, Jeremy McGrath, man. He was just my idol when I was little. Um, you know, in the nineties he was just a man. Like he looked he looked so cool. He had such good riding style. He won everything he was to win and I mean he's a goat. He was just incredible. Well, Ricky was a racer's racer. He just uh he won. He know how he knew how to win and I think of him kind of similar to Little Toto. He just won, man. That's just what he did. And uh, no matter what the situation was, he just found out a way to win. But I definitely have to say MC. Man. He was he was definitely a hero of mine growing up, for sure. Man. Yeah, he was during your impressionable years, for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah, big time. If you wanted to be cool, you wanted to be like MC. He was just he was a man. He was so fun to watch. It's greatness. <laughs> Colt Nichols, your 250 winner 
last Saturday night in Indianapolis joining us here on the Freak Nation. Buddy, thanks for doing this. Uh, get some rest and then prepare to, for the rest of the season, partner. Well, thank you guys so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, good talking to you, and I'll do just that. Thank you, guys. Not, not much, much motorsports. Motor not much motorsports. Helio oh, or Helio. No. Not, 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 not. Well, not only much, that. Much, much, much. Thank you, I love you. And headlining the party. Douchebags. Loose. Not much motorsports. <laughs> the freaks. Not much motorsports. So we've still got some issues rolling through this country and this planet in regards to COVID-19. But uh, Johannesburg in South Africa may have already figured it out on how to better handle the COVID sitch. Uh, what exactly am I talking about? Well, I'll share it with you. Thanks for asking, Stat. <laughs> Waiting with beta breath. Robots in Johannesburg Hotel serve customers, especially with symptoms. Well, okay. safer. Robots can deliver room service, provide travel information, could drag up to a 300-pound piece of... Three, who's carrying 300 pounds? Oh, it's kilograms. All right, 300 kilograms of luggage. All right, a big-ass piece of luggage. That's still heavy. From the lobby to the rooms. <laughs> so they got robot staff. Robots Lexi, Micah, and Ariel have been o- introduced to Hotel Sky in Johannesburg's wealthy Santon district. That is so sexist. Why do the why do the robots have to be all female? Why it's, can't we have some dude robots? We ladies that might have symptoms in a hotel room, we want some dude robots. What's is, is Micah? Is, I thought Micah's a guy. See, I call my yeah, friend. Crash. I don't know yeah. what well, you do. Wow. All right. Well, I call my friend Michelle. She's a Micah, so I guess I was just one-track mind there. Sorry. Guests can choose whether they want to interact with staff members or make use of service robots, which are controlled by their phone. Do they have to tip them? (laughs) Whoa. Good question. You know, what if they have personalities in these robots, Stat, that they just stand there until you give them the right tip? Until you put your your debit card in them. Swipe here, please. Yeah, right. Debit card. Are they, are they punching the balls? No. Yeah. What's that? Well, wait a minute. Going back to what Crash just said, you don't have to worry about the Me Too from the robots. Do you? I mean, that's, that, could, that could solve all the problems. Wow, that is so true. Uh, so there we go. We're solving world problems here, Freak Nation. Leave it to us. Well, when do we get the robots in the U.S.? Uh... Don't know, Crash. I just do not know. Leave it to the United States to be last yet again. But I will say this. They'll, be, they'll be driving the cup cars at Bristol, the robots. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> when drivers say, no, I don't really want to do, do the dirt. Here's one for you on Not Much Motorsports. Speed Freaks Pits, the Lucas Hole Studios. A 50-year-old man was convicted in Switzerland after spending over $10,000 on prostitutes. Wow. Speaking of robots. Yeah. (laughs) And me too. (laughs) But that's not the kicker. That Mm $10,000 that he spent on uh, maybe men and women, it was fake money that he printed himself. Okay, how'd he get busted? 
The money was, was so poorly made, a blind man could see it wasn't real, according to the judge. Well, hold on a second. He was able to do it for $10,000 worth of, of purchases. His ruse was discovered when one of the women tried to deposit the bills into her bank account oh, the following no. day. <laughs> Well, these women probably weren't uh, financial barons somewhere yeah. on Wall Street. Yeah. What are you saying, Stat? I don't, I don't I'm know. I'm saying confused. that they, prob- they probably weren't <laughs> financial barons on Wall Street. They just said, give me the money. They didn't look at it. Yep, 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 yep. The just man- because the bills had his picture on it doesn't mean they weren't any good. Come on. Damn. <laughs> The man paid about $2,000 in fake notes after the first encounter and over 8000 to another woman on a second. Man, eight grand? That better have been a good night. What the hell was... We don't have enough time to expand nah, on that. No, don't go there. We don't need to end our 20 years right now, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Ah, there you go, Freak Nation. Statman, you doing all right? Did you make it through tonight okay? All right. Yeah, I've never had it so good. All right. Freak Nation, as we've done for many, 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 many years, shoot the juice to the moose. And Statman. Cut it loose. See ya. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.